Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening wherever you are, and welcome to Chicken Soup for the White Boy's Soul. My name is Denver Crawford, and this podcast is a closer look into my personal journey of healing through conversation. As someone who identifies primarily as a white male, I am responsible for educating myself on how to unlearn my implicit racism and the ways in which the American and global systems have contributed to a false view of myself and other people. I am attempting to create that space here on the podcast by inviting voices from all walks of life to a conversation, one aimed at learning. Too many of us are using social media and the internet at large as a placeholder for actual conversation and individual action. Here you will witness conversations that are awkward, frustrating, cathartic, confusing, but most of all, positive. I have done my best not to edit anything out of these conversations. They are real and they are honest. Editing in order to appear more intelligent or well-spoken would be against the entire idea of this thing. While this is a place I've created out of a personal need, I would like to believe that you, listener, whoever you are, might find solace and encouragement from these conversations with friends and family. If there is anything you'd like to comment on, a missed opportunity, an incorrect term, or more opportunities for learning, I encourage you to send all communications to whiteboyssoul at gmail.com. What a great intro. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it caught that. We'll see. Um, oh, man. Yeah, you've got an accent. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Tom. Good old Tom. Good old Tom from North or South Carolina. I'm from South Carolina. South Carolina. I'm from yeah. Virginia. I can have an accent if I need to. So not only is this going to be the white dude episode, but it's going to be the southern, <laughs> southern, southern white, dude episode. white dude episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Why does that, that identity doesn't feel, um... Yeah, no any, problems there. I mean, well, no. <laughs> Great track record. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Because, cause again, you could say, like, being a Southern white dude does not inherently mean, um... Yeah. You know, you're a shitty person. It means that you've been gifted... Not gifted. Uh, you've been... You've had an ideology and like way of life thrust upon you and a mentality yeah. that associates both Southern living, masculinity, whiteness, all of these things that makes it makes makes you much more potent and dangerous. Yeah, to no, people. it's the square rectangle thing where it's like just because you're a Southern white dude doesn't make you a shitty person, but there's a lot of shitty Southern white dudes. Yep. So. Yep. So kind of makes you question what all that's about. So I gotta, <laughs> I love you, Tom. Um, yeah. I really do. And you were a, kind of like one of the main reasons that I started this podcast because you and I sat in a bar in Harlem and uh, Harlem, New York, and we talked about the need for white guys to be able to talk about being white. And we also said, maybe that doesn't need to happen in a public sense. Yeah. Maybe that should be, you know, us privately working on things and then taking what we understand from that space and like sharing that with the world. And it's like also, because again, you also don't want to just let two white guys sit alone in a room talking about shit with no one else. Listen, like that immediately brings up a, 
ton of red flags of like don't let those white dudes hang out together they're gonna conspire up some shit like you don't know what they're yeah. saying um so there's an element of that to mm-hmm. this too which is like um i feel it's necessary to share our conversations like parts of them because um if they knew if if people knew that like I don't know. Not if people knew. Like, I, I want people to know that, like, we have conversations intimately um, about, you know, str- how we struggle with uh, our place in the world and, like, how we um, strive to be better for the sake of our race. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's an important uh, underlying factor. Yeah, I mean, because not to say that, like, I mean, of course, every human has their own struggles, but mm-hmm. it's definitely different struggles being white dudes. Yeah. So. I also just realized, because I skipped all of the things that I usually do at the beginning of an episode. I was wondering about that. I know. I was just, <laughs> we've been talking for a little bit already, because um, we don't get to hang out that much yeah. uh, during quarantine. But, um, so yeah, I usually start off an episode with an answer. Do you have any answers? Oh, dude. Uh, I'm going a, I'm to a pull an Alicet here and ask for an example. You start with An example answer. of an answer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so today my answer would be um, write down the th- stupid thoughts that you have in the middle of the night. Um, okay. That That is true for me today because... Um, you know, I, I go to bed and I, that's the time where my mind turns on sometimes and I have all these brilliant ideas and I never remember them the next day or like, I don't have the energy to like, uh, follow through with those ideas the next day because I'm like, oh, I was stupid. I was just like in my, you know, I was in a place of unconscious thinking. And I think that's a really potent, powerful place where I woke up today and I did this like short film of me, uh, my thought last night was to uh, repeat to a camera over and over again, I'm not a fucking actor anymore. Um, which both kind of mimics a Grotowski style or Meisner style acting exercise, which is like repeating something until an emotion comes up. As well as like, I do think that it's time for me to move past my identity is like, this is the type of artist I am. I I'm, have my hands in too many other mediums and I have too much other shit going on. Anyway, long story short, as my answer is like, um, find, you know, like find the uh, importance in acknowledging like the stupid thoughts you have in the middle of the night and like, yeah, see where it goes. Like, don't just shut yourself down before, you know, you've had the chance to explore an idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, that's a. I think that really plays to the artist of who you are, you know, yeah, which is important. You can't bottle that shit up. Nope. (laughs) What about, what about you? I think my answer that I currently live in is, uh, start each day and be the person your grandma (laughs) thinks that you are. (laughs) I love that. Be the person your grandma would be proud to call their grandchild. Do you still have your grandmother? I got one of them. Okay. My mom's mom. Do you talk to her? 
enough? Probably not enough, yeah. but I mean, we have a good relationship. That is good. She's uh still down south. I think we live mm-hmm. kind of different lives. There's no like hard feelings or anything, but yeah. I think we've just kind of. I really connected to my dad's mom. Yeah. And she passed away about four years ago. Yeah. I have both my grandmothers, luckily. Um, but both my grandfathers. I'm named after one grandfather who died before I was born, and um, my other grandfather just passed away last year. Um, yeah, grandparents. How, how have they shaped you? In terms of, like, what do you think, what do you think you've gotten from your grandmother? You say, like, be the person your grandmother thinks you are. Like, who do you think your grandmother thinks you are? What does your grandmother want for you? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I'm gonna cry on this shit, dude. <laughs> That's okay. Oma was, like, she was a powerhouse, man. She defied social norms of her time. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't care what, what society was telling her, uh, smart lady. She worked on, like, the suicide hotline. Mm. Uh, she was a colonel's wife and somehow ended up being more, Mm -hmm. like, she has more medals than he does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she's, she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, She's still here? Yeah, she's the one that passed. Okay. Um, and so did my grandfather her husband um who i was named after so Mm -hmm. they really embraced who i am as an artist which you know if you you just heard the military background aspect of that uh (laughs) and being from the south you know it's not the most masculine thing um (laughs) but they were cool with that they were they always i'm not gonna lie and say they were like outwardly Mm -hmm. Uh, pro many of the like progressive movements that are today but i fully do believe that they were pro progression which Mm -hmm. um you know is a saying a lot for their generation yeah i mean their their version of progress looks a lot different than ours exactly um yeah i also find it funny we're both named after grandfathers (laughs) i mean it's just (laughs) typical you go by your middle name too right um, I don't... No? My, I don't go by my middle name. It's Charles. Oh. Yeah. Never mind. Maybe that's the South <laughs> my, my name's Denver Charles Crawford, and Charles is another, you know... Yeah. It's a different... I think it's a different grandfather. Not not grandfather, but great uncle or something. Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, we do love yeah. naming each other after. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, we do. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think I'm... I'm Feeling like we should talk about family and what that does to a a white boy from South Carolina or Virginia. Like, what does family mean? What should it mean? And what are we told it means? Because we also talked, you had brought up um, pressure earlier, like in our earlier conversation yeah. about like being, are you the only male in your family? Yeah, I'm the last Rupal. Yeah, you're the last like, so you're carrying the name essentially it's like that's (laughs) the it's a patriarchal thing and i'm in a family of like three boys so i don't necessarily feel the same pressure to like you know propagate (laughs) (laughs) the patriarchy oh yeah like uh yeah i don't know um i'm i'm also 
queer and engaged to a man so we've also had the discussion of like are either of us gonna take each other's names i don't know probably not but like our kids you know might have a hyphenated last name or something but um conversation means a little different to me (laughs) do you do you well talking about names and meaning like is there do you know what rupal means do you know the history of that name yeah we um we actually before 23 and me and all that we had a guy Mm -hmm. kind of do a (laughs) a uh what's that genetics yeah genetics dna there's there's a whole like name for it something but yeah um i think his name was jack he did a whole like rundown so we're from like the part of poland that's now germany Mm -hmm. and we went down south to orangeburg south carolina and then another group of ruples came back a generation or so later and went north but uh Mm -hmm. never really left the south my my band of ruples um and they never really left the north and here i am in (laughs) new york city now um yeah i also am remembering things as we're going but like do you want to give any background as to who you are and what you do yeah before we go into your whole family so like just just kind of like I kind of want to, I want you to introduce me real quick. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then I'll fill in the gaps. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting Thomas, what's your middle name? Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> what's your, wait, what's your first name? Andrew. <laughs> I do not think I knew this about you. Uh, that's a South Carolina thing. I know, I know, because I have, I have friends who did that too in Virginia who like, they only went by their middle names, but I just, I've yeah. known you for two years yeah. and I didn't know that Thomas was your middle name. Uh, Andrew Thomas Rupal. <laughs> yeah. With me here today on the podcast, we're 12 minutes in and I'm still introducing my guest. Um, But Tom and I worked together at a coffee shop in Harlem that will remain unnamed. And uh, we struck an unlikely bond. I really uh, hated you. I know. (laughs) We did not. I feel like there was a hesitancy. But I think once we, I think it was like memes once we started sharing memes <laughs> with each other, uh, like great boundaries, boundaries were crossed, and we, uh, I don't know, we became there. really good friends. And we also started sharing art with each other, and that was a big thing. Tom yeah. here is a fine arts painter, um, went to Brevard College, and um, he described the kind of painting that you do because I think it's also very interesting for this time. Uh, yeah, so I tell people I'm like uh, kind of a real American realist, neo-American realist uh, figurative painter, mm-hmm. and I paint in oil. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's I mean, you the do technical figures, term. I mean, when I look at your paintings, I see an appreciation for old and a lot of room for new. Yeah, so not to get too into like art history, but like realism with a capital R is about like <laughs> the natural aspects of the world. So like human, the human figure mm-hmm. isn't idealized. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been really into White right now, <laughs> and like all his figures are mm-hmm. not necessarily pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I try and touch into that. So uh, as a painter. Because this was part of our conversation on Grill on the Hill. Um, as an artist, you know, in in the middle of a pandemic, 
um, in the middle of all of this, in the middle of America, 2020, from, baby. <laughs> you know, in the middle of this, uh, what responsibility or um, what do you feel about the art that you make in relation to the world that's receiving a, that art, you know? That's a big question. Because as an artist... Your responsibility is to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, so Denver knows this. I was very hesitant <laughs> to yeah. get on this. Because uh, I, I am kind of in the camp of believing that my role right now is to listen. Mm-hmm. So I think... A lot of my art right now is trying to do my part in being better. Like challenging my preconceptions and my stances and trying to be better, but at the same time stepping back and listening to other leaders, mm -hmm. allowing people that haven't had the opportunity to lead to step up. Um, and I, I really just think that's kind of the most important thing these days. I, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And I think you can still continue to create while still being quiet, you know? Oh, and I, and I am. Don't get me wrong. I'm <laughs> painting like shit right now. Uh, I don't um, have a job, so. <laughs> it, it also feels in line with you know i'm this is a podcast but it's really an art project it's a an audio diary of conversations and they're long format like i don't expect i hardly expect anyone to get through a full episode because who wants to listen to people they don't know talk about you know yeah personalized things that you know may or may not feel be profound or whatever um and still it's like a way of making sure that I'm making something that is in this vein to like address in my art practice, my feelings and my, um, my wishes and concerns with, you know, my role and how I want to play that role. Yeah. I think I'm also beginning to understand the importance of manufacturing a separate identity for your artist persona for sure because i think as a human yeah my face my white face and all like the way the the image of me um i don't want to look at that anymore like i'm not interested in seeing that in movies i don't want to be at the front of any fucking presentation i don't want to be on any stage and i felt that way since 2016 which was when i graduated college so i feel like i haven't really tried or wanted to manifest a career for myself yeah. as a white male actor um, because it feels so unimportant and so distracting from what I see as important right now. And I think, you know, four or five years out of college, I'm now getting to a point where I'm understanding or appreciating that... Um, 
my personal opinions as like a human being and what I want to see and what I don't want to see or like what I think is important or not. And the artist version of me uh, should not necessarily be the same thing because the artist in each one of us who like, you know, yeah. finds value in self-expression needs that to be as uninhibited and as free as possible. And if like the human side of us is like, no, shut up. Don't say that. Don't look at that. Don't go into that as an artist because it's not your place feels, um, that, that feels like it's, uh, it feels counterintuitive or like not helpful. Not only that, I think it, you have a moral obligation not to lie to an yeah. audience yeah. to be disingenuous and to be a true artist you maybe not to be a true artist but the easiest form of art is through that uh genuine nature mm -hmm. you know how they say it's like hard to keep up a lie and yeah. like want lies build up and all that yeah you gotta just live your truth but um I will. Can I say something a little challenging? Say, yeah. yeah. I do kind of take, uh, there is a little part of me that is like upset that this is a art project. Okay. But at the same time, I understand. It's an artistic project that's, I think, addressing the human side of me, if that makes sense. It's the artist <laughs> calling out the human rather than the human calling out the artist. I agree. Yeah. No, I, no, I understand that. And I see where you're coming from. Um, and, like, back to art history, you know, you look at movements like the French Revolution. Uh, and there were, like, David comments on it. And there, there, are, there is artistic commentary on situations in art history. Like, mm -hmm. there is need for artist commentary. Mm -hmm. in that artist's life yeah but i worry <laughs> i don't know man yeah. these days make me sad <laughs> you know they people do. people are dying mm -hmm. it's like it's very real and this feels like a distraction to you i just or... not a distraction because it is a conversation that needs to be had I just fear that the media, the medium in which it mm -hmm. is performed, doesn't become a performance. It's a conversation that needs to be had. It's a performance that doesn't need to be had, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree. This is... I don't want this to be a performance. Yeah. If that... Yeah. And I don't... I'm not saying... It and that's, is. I mean, well, that's also, yeah, sorry. I'm not saying it is, because yeah. I, I don't think, I, I think your heart's in the right place. <laughs> and I, and I have, I've listened to some of previous content, um, and I am proud of what you're making here, but. Thank you. It's a hard conversation to have. Mm -hmm. And in that, in, in hard moments like this, that's a fine line. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and, I think it also demands. I think it, the reason it becomes uncomfortable, or it's, it's, I like it because I feel like I can't lie. I feel like as soon as I do lie, you can hear it. You, I, the thing about the lies, I, I mean, I wrote it in this little like mm -hmm. typewriter manifesto thing that I wrote the other day, which is, I, 
side tangent i've written a couple manifestos <laughs> um i don't know what a fucking manifesto is to begin with so like don't think that i'm you know adopting some form of thinking i just see the word manifest and um i know that a manifesto is a document with like articles i guess and so I, i've written a few for like some artistic friends being like how do i manifest um truth and you know uh how do i manifest a practice through xyz rules that turns into a way of living um that's not related to you know i'm not i'm not trying to tell anyone how to live but i wrote one for myself for when i use my typewriter because i use my typewriter for specific poetic um experiments and ideas with poetry and language and one of the rules that I wrote was um, know that you cannot lie. Any lie that is told is like, here, I'm, I'm just gonna get it. Because <laughs> it's right over here. So this feels relevant. Um, what I wrote was, this is article two, know that you cannot lie. There is truth in everything even behind a lie you may write consciously or unconsciously, there is truth. The more you hide, the more we see. Run towards truth, not away from it. Yeah, I think that's inevitable. Yeah, and so I think in addressing this podcast and like this, you know, thing, it becomes performance when I'm lying, either consciously or unconsciously. That's, that's when this becomes performance and you can tell. And I think part of what I also addressed in like the interlude that I did um, uh, the first interlude um, is that the structure needs to change part of the like intro and ending of the episodes where I like succinctly uh, explain everything that I learned or like got from that conversation felt a little too performative to me mm -hmm. and it felt like it was um not as candid as I want it to be or not as real like it, it didn't feel entirely tr entirely truthful there was some truth to it it just wasn't all the way there yeah so but I yeah I also want to be true to like discomfort because there's like a fair amount of it <laughs> <laughs> I'm there baby <laughs> I know oh. and I think discomfort is important um, and I think white people in general uh, live in a mode of comfort and when they're shaken from that the only thing that they want to do is like go back to what feels comfortable um, and it's it's like learning to live in the discomfort seems part of what this is about as well as just like what life should be about is like learning to live in that yeah yeah I mean discomfort breeds growth yeah what <laughs> i'm gonna i'm just gonna call it out but you said that you had talked to some friends you don't need to name them or like you said some friends had some feelings about you should or should not talk to me on here yeah and i you had stopped yourself before saying something and i just want to know what that was or what that um, was about okay yeah so i've i've had some friends uh <laughs> in my life no <laughs> Uh, recently, I was like laying out. Actually, before the podcast came out, before. Okay. So it was well, when I was before yeah. they've like listened to it. Gotcha. Um, 
and before I listened to it, actually. Mm-hmm. I've only recently, not recently, but, you know, anyway. Yeah. They said, just from my secondhand account of what I thought this podcast would be, they said, the world doesn't need that. Yeah. And to be fair, what I thought it was, mm-hmm. I agree with that. <laughs> um, it's hard to explain a podcast to anyone being like, hey, I want to, yeah. me, a white dude wants to talk to other white dudes and like white people in general. And everyone but like specifically like i need i want to have difficult conversations with white people yeah in a podcast format like that is a really hard sell idea to anyone for sure um and i had mentioned how uh, i'm nervous about it because i've witnessed how these conversations hurt people (laughs) yeah further explain that so you have you how do you identify i identify as a um i identify as a queer male primarily um i'm exploring yeah non-gender conforming things like i'm beginning to use they them pronouns although i don't feel like um i've lived in that skin long enough to like claim that as my identity i've lived in my male skin and i haven't fully shucked that from myself to be able to fully live in a non-binary space so i still feel very much grounded in my maleness my whiteness is something that i can't get rid of um or like if i pretend not to address it, i think that's bullshit and i'm queer okay so and and you grew up in the theater (laughs) i grew up uh yes doing a lot of theater Um, from like 11 to now, I guess, even though I haven't done theater. <laughs> Not the last six months. I, no, I have, I have <laughs> acted. It just hasn't been theater. It's been film yeah. stuff. Uh, okay. So mm-hmm. I am a straight white <laughs> Christian upper middle class. <laughs> yes. Central. Like I grew up in the state capital of South Carolina the first state to secede, mm-hmm. the first state to shoot <laughs> in the Civil War. We started the revolution at the fort down in Charleston. Mm-hmm. There, and I mentioned I'm an artist and how that, you know, we all know the arts people. They're kind of on the fringe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't embrace that until I was in college. So... Through high school, I went to college as a business major. I was very much the tofu of students, where I just kind of blended into every scene I was in. Mm -hmm. And unlike, I assume what your experiences were, based off Mm -hmm. what you just said, yeah, I've I've seen people assume they could say what they wanted around me. Yeah. Like what? Lots of hateful shit. Oh, okay. Lots of yeah. hateful shit. Yeah. Um. There's bad people <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah. And it's terrifying to me. But um. So I yeah. So I grew up in the South. Went to college in the South. Very different parts of the South. I've been in rich south, I've been in poor south, mm-hmm. I've been in flat south, I've been in 
kind of beach south, not really, and I've been in mountain south. Mm-hmm. And unless you've grown up in any of those, you don't understand <laughs> how fucking different they all are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I moved to New York because I was fucking tired of it. Mm-hmm. I think the night I decided I was going to do it was I was listening to the radio about Dylan Roof. I don't know Dylan Roof or that name. Dylan Roof um, went to the opposing high school in my district. Mm -hmm. Um and decided to go to the church in Charleston. Okay. This is ringing bells. Yeah. And uh, he prayed with the nine victims before slaughtering them. Mm-hmm. And then for, I don't know, two weeks, I saw my hometown on national television for a hate crime. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about these people and their mission, there's something called the event that they're all waiting for. Mm. Where something's going to kick off and it's going to start a race war. I'm serious. This is I, fucked well, up. They call it the yeah. event. Yep. These right-wing cults and they are all arming up for it. And that's what he was he was trying to kick off the event. Um and that scared the shit out of me. Cuz that's not that's not the man that my grandma believes exists. Mhm. But they do. So then I decided to leave the South mm-hmm. and that I would move to New York just to find that, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just a different type of racism. Yeah. So that's why, <laughs> long story short, that's why I'm on edge about this because I have heard, I've been in the room with these Dylan Roof motherfuckers and they are fearless and they hurt people and they kill people and they exist and they go to your grocery store Mm -hmm. and so in that air with that history in my mind yeah I'm not sure that this is what needs to be had so are you afraid of or I feel like, yes, that is horrifying, and yes, I am wary of every fucking white dude I talk to. Yeah. Um, I think people know when there's a difference. And there, but there is something that you're speaking to is like, you don't always know. Yeah. You don't always know who is... Oh, I assure you, you were talking to the same people I was talking to. Yeah. But they, they know what to bring up in front of you. Maybe. What do you mean? Just about, like, 
being my whole background, I'm not going to list it out again. Yeah. But <laughs> they assume I'm anti-LGBTQ+, plus anti-BLM. Oh, and you're saying the people that I talk to are inherently anti-racist when they might actually be... Well, I think, you know, you don't... You're, you're very proud of who you are. Yeah. So an uh, anti, uh, anti-gay man... Mm-hmm. Just isn't going to interact with you, um, unless it's a negative. Yeah, I think, I think I've actually had a lot more re- or experiences lately that you know I can't necessarily share on the podcast because it's like, yeah, I've I've spoken to a few people who do tell me outwardly they disagree with things that I'm doing or like ways that I'm living, and I'm like, I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. Like, can yeah. we can we talk? And, um, some of them have been like, yeah, sure. And then they ghost or just things don't happen. And it's like, but I've, I've actually begun talking to people who have like an issue and, and yeah, there's, there's a there's a line of like, there are absolutely people where I see it in them and I look at them and I'm like, there's not going to be any communication here. It's the people who who tell me that they don't like what I'm doing, but they don't necessarily, they're saying that because they're really asking a question of like, why are you doing this? Yeah. It's not What's like, behind it's yeah, it's not like I disagree with you and this is evil and you suck. It's like, they say like, hey, I disagree with that and I want to know more about it. Yeah. And I think those are the type of people that I'll always be interested in talking to. And yeah, there are people beyond saving for sure and it's like even the savior thing like saving someone it's not anyone's duty to save anyone like who's saving what from who from what um i do i just think that um you know when a conversation is in the right place or like in a you know you you know there are ways to know although like i what you said about dylan roof or what you're saying there feels very um it justifies a fear i think that is necessary a skepticism and a wariness of like yo we need to be on our toes and also if that's taken too far then i think it turns into a debilitating paralyzing for sure thing i i really if you haven't listened to the interlude (laughs) go check that out Okay. That was one of... That was good. Um, I really connected with what you said about reclaiming the title of white man. Because I hate that motherfuckers like him get to take that power from me. I don't even remember what I said about reclaiming. That phrase sounds like... I don't want to... I'm not interested in... I don't know. Well, you said that. You're like, I hate... Yeah identifying as that i I don't know what i'm gonna do about it i guess Mm -hmm. maybe i could reclaim Mm -hmm. um and i i do yeah it's not that i'm not proud of who i am yeah it's it's tricky i don't know is it is it i can identify with the sentiment what the words that came after what you just said in my mind were um 
it's not that I'm not proud of who I am. It's that I'm afraid of what that identity allows me to do or the harm it allows me to affect. That's the thing that I'm afraid of within myself and with, within other white men yeah, is more so the inherent ability to damage, to do damage. Um, that, yeah, is the thing that I am really fearful of. And what you say, because you did, there is a, a, a gauge in me that you're like, hey, I'm afraid this podcast might have the, like, this podcast could be potentially damaging. And I want to say, like, yeah, it could. This, this podcast could be potentially damaging um, in ways that I don't understand. Um, like, to me, it feels genuine and coming from a place of, like, good intention. But again the road to hell is paved with good intentions like uh only other people can check me which is also part of the reason why like i'm sharing this publicly like i don't want to have these conversations and not have someone who disagrees not be able to comment and like tell me like hey this episode where you said this thing um <laughs> yeah that's a damaging thing that's a damaging mindset please correct it like even in my episode with ali set the first one she corrected me on the term karen and she well not not even corrected she was just like i really take contention with the fact that like we're calling these women karens because what the white woman do calling the cops and then the white karen who's like uh asking to talk to a manager are very different because one of them is asking to talk to a manager and the other one is weaponizing her yeah uh race and is inherently jeopardizing the life of whoever she is wielding that power upon um and so yeah there's like there's there's potential there's always potential i think for damage and i think for a very long time personally you know ever since 2015 2016 when i began you know my you know feeble beginnings of like forming a conscious mind of like the shit that's going on in the world um ever since then i think i've been really paralyzed artistically humanly and I think this has been part of a liberating thing for me that has allowed me to, you know, start contributing in ways that is like, you know, I'm I'm not saying that this is like a huge service to fucking humankind, but it's there for anyone who wants to listen to people talk about these things and not yell at each other the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> or it's there for like, you know there for me to like go back and listen to and realize like okay here's where i made progress or like oh here's uh, you know it's a service to myself and it's a service to whoever else is in the same place of like need as me so yeah i think yeah and i think that's the place where we should be mm -hmm. um yeah building on ourselves well it's been it's been almost 45 minutes and i think like unless you have other like topics you want to get to i'm comfortable like wrapping up and like doing a brief reflection and being like looking forward to the next conversation because you and i before we even started talked about like we're gonna film like five or six episodes like we're gonna <laughs> I, de I definitely think it's probably a two-parter just because there's there's a lot to talk well about. i think with you specifically because like ali said who is our mutual friend who is an earlier episode of the podcast if you're not aware um because we've mentioned her so many times already um she's amazing love her to death 
but like that she was like this is gonna be a two-part episode because i got shit to say um i think before you and i got on i was just like I think I want to check in with you all the time. I think I am already checking in with you all the time as another white man. We're yeah. having this conversation constantly. This is the first time I've been like, hey, Tom, you want to record this? <laughs> and you have, all, you have yeah. all of your feelings about that. Um, but I do, I do think that this is not a... It can't be one and done or one and two and done. It's like this is an open-ended yeah. thing between you and I. It's a lot. You've signed the contract. <laughs> I don't Can't know, back out. It's it's one. It's we live in the days where you have to. I guess I can't come into this podcast expecting a finite answer. Mm-hmm. You just have to be comfortable these days with discomfort. Discomfort and like. Some answers aren't going to get que- uh some questions aren't going to get answers, you know. Yeah. This isn't I think yeah, I mean you touched on it. This isn't something we're going to fix. Do you do you have a question just to end? <laughs> I have so many. Just I don't know, man. That's my th- question to end cuz this is I I want to end with a question instead okay. of, you know, my question is um and this is to myself is how do i make sure that i'm performing less or like how do i how do i take all of the performance that i can out of at least this project yeah yeah i mean it's every day i ask how can i Mm -hmm. How can you be better? And I think that's necessary. Mm-hmm. How can you use your privilege to be better? Because mm-hmm. we are, we do have a pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, until next time. I love you, Tom. Drive safe. <laughs> Neither of us have cars. <laughs> I'm going to start this reflection by simply just saying that Tom is exactly the reason I wanted to do this podcast to begin with. Um, and I don't, I don't want to feel stupid in saying that like these are the conversations that I've been dying, I've been needing, I've been craving um, as a person, but... I feel like there's a vulnerability here and uh, a genuine interest and a curiosity in how do we address this together. Both of us feel equally inept and um, frustrated and um, scared, frankly, Um, and being able to talk through things like this is um, just feels crucial to what I need to move forward. And Tom has been that space for me. And I cannot articulate how much um, we all need a Tom in our lives. 
Um, I don't know anyone else that I can talk to in this way and feel like I'm being understood. And, you know, it's... At the end of the day, the work that needs to be done on white folks needs to be done by white folks. And I feel like Tom and I, when we work on our shit, we get some shit done. Um, we ask each other questions and he has no uh, issue being challenging toward me. And I also have no issue challenging him. And, you know, we're actively helping each other grow. Um... I don't think I have much more to say other than uh, I hope this was good for more than just me. And um, I'm just super stoked to be releasing these episodes um, and, uh, you know, continuing this conversation with Tom specifically because, again, the people I have in mind, the people I'm trying to address, are the people closest to me who are like me, who struggle with the things I struggle with. And I feel like Tom um, is part of the beginning of that as well. So until next time, from your friendly podcasting white boy, I love you. I look forward to learning from you and with you. And I'll see you next time.